If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you do? That's a great question. <laughs> what is the long-term effect of too much information? It is the one jar cynics and we are back. Dio here. Gene and Mac. So Attack. what should we title this? I'm thinking we can call it the uh philosophies of the matrix and the wine jar cynic interpretation. Something like that. Because I want to make this the interpretation between all of us. Interpretation, symbolism. And the uh, kind of the takeaways. Yeah, so, so we we decided pretty much we were thinking of topics and decided. And then part two, and then <laughs> yeah, we're gonna ran, ran through a bunch of stuff, but came down to discussing the Matrix for and, one. Of and them. then at the end, we're we're gonna talk about the aliens. Did you watch it? Did you watch it last night? No, I watched mostly uh, the philosophical videos. So I was trying to see what peop most people's takeaways were. So like the general takeaway, because okay. there's kind of a theme, and I think it makes sense for, at least for the first movie. Not the trilogy as a whole. Okay. You, you know what I mean? So we have that perspective. So obviously, like, at least my takeaway, the symbolism I see, the main one that's consistent, the most important is it's the allegory of the cave by Plato. You've heard of that allegory, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So we'll, I, I, might we'll I might butcher it. So we can, I, I mean, uh, Mac probably knows about the allegory too, right? I do. So this is the way I perceive the, the allegory. You're in a... In a dark cave, which symbolizes ignorance, right? And then that cave becomes your um, your uh, world, essentially, mm -hmm. right? And the allegory of the cave has people in the cave who are chained and they're slaves. Or not slaves, but they're just trapped there, right? One of them breaks free, free he goes outside, and then he realizes the, the true world. And Plato also has another theory, the sun, the analogy of the sun, which is... The nature of reality and knowledge, and knowledge, you know. So he's illuminated, and that's the way I see it. So Neo, he's in the the Matrix, and the Matrix itself. Funny enough, the etymology of the Matrix is, I think we were talking about this too in the, the chat, that the Matrix is like this. Um, in mathematics, is it's these parentheses on the outside of a, I wouldn't call it an equation, but yeah, it's a math mathematical concept, but it's a prism. It's a prism. So I thought that was interesting. So. That's um, the general consensus most people say. He's, it's breaking free from ignorance. The Know the truth and the truth will set you free. That spiel, right? So um, is that what you kind of agree with? How about you, Mac? You kind of get that? Um, the, the one that I take away the most, especially from the first one, is um, uh, Descartes. Uh, he, he's the philosopher that I apply to this one the most, and that's his, um, uh, what, what, it was, um... Cartesian skepticism. No, what, what do you call it? I mean, yeah, it was skepticism, but the only way that you can know if something is true is to put it through the fires of disbelief. Um, oh, I've heard of the apple analogy, too, where you take all the apples, and you have to, if you want to know which ones are the good ones, you have to throw the, uh... All the apples out all at once, so you can see which ones are rotten, and the good ones you kind of put back in your basket. So yeah, that that kind of, that kind of thing. It's a way to look at it. That, but basically, it's what Descartes did. Um, in I believe it was um, his meditations. I could be completely wrong. I haven't studied it for a while. But basically, what he did is uh, just over philosophizing. He he started to think that man, maybe nothing is real. Maybe I'm not real. How would I know if, if I was being fed, like, bad information? Or even, like, if I am just a dream of a greater being, how would I even know whether or not I exist? Um, and then what he did is he just, he said, okay, well, the first thing is I'm going to go backwards. Instead of assuming that I exist and trying to justify everything with my senses, I'm going to go backwards from that till I believe absolutely nothing, and then I'm going to build up from there. Uh, so what he did was he he believed nothing. Nothing exists, not even myself. So with that, how can I prove that I exist? And that's where the famous, um, I think, therefore I am. So because I am aware of my own thoughts, that proves that at least my thoughts are real. At least some part of me exists. 
And then you have to get past the burden of proving that we are not just uh, the brain in the vat. Have you guys heard that one? Mm-hmm. Brain in the vat. Um, or being, we are just consciousness being um, being tortured by a an evil god or a mad scientist or something. Because at the end of the day, we can only trust our senses. This is like in the Matrix when uh, the one... One character who betrays everybody else. Cypher. Cypher. He, uh, you know, he says, you know, I know for a fact that the steak isn't real, but uh, as I as I, I can smell it, I put it in my mouth, I can taste it, I can feel it between my teeth. I might as well just be real, and that's how it is for all of our, for all of our uh, sensory input. We don't know if it's the same. We don't know if any of it's the same. For example, the three of us are sitting here right now, looking at this table. I see the table a certain way, a certain size, a certain texture, color, shape, everything else. And as far as I know, you guys see the same thing. I believe you see the same thing, but you could be seeing it completely different. And even more so, there's no way that I could prove it that you are seeing the same thing that I am. Because if you try to tell me, no, I see a circular table that's blue and made of plastic, my mind in an effort to you know, maintain its illusion or whatever is causing this illusion on my mind would would change your words and I would hear that. I could potentially hear something that confirms what I'm already seeing. And if we take that even further, <laughs> who's to say that I'm not just sitting here by myself anyway? <laughs> you know, so the, this, is, this gets into the real nature of reality stuff. And The Matrix, I feel... Really, that's first and foremost. I think that the directors, the the writers, they drew heavily from Descartes, um, and then they mixed it with Terminator Two. Great movie. And speaking well. of uh, Terminator Two, before I forget, um, um, uh, mo- mo- most people do they even know about the Animatrix? I mean, I think casual fans they don't really know about it, right? Most people just know about the trilogy because I didn't even know this animation existed. It was on Netflix for a while. Oh, okay. Never mind. So I'm gonna assume that everybody have seen has has seen it. Which the Animatrix is essentially people create artificial intelligence to solve our problems, and then it backfires. Essentially, that's really what happens. Pretty much Terminator. Yeah, essentially. So, but speaking of that, there's a good allegory that I wanted to. I br- I bring that up because eventually I wanted to talk about the um the allegory of the well, it's not an allegory. It's called the Fable of the Sparrow Sparrow and Owl. Have you ever heard of that? Do you know about the book called Superintelligence by Nick Bostrom? No. So, in Superintelligence, he's a uh, he's a artificial intelligence researcher, you know, and an author and et cetera, et cetera. But in this book, he has in the beginning pages he talks about the sparrows. They want to ha- uh, they have like a nest and stuff, and they they're too weak to create it or something, for the sake of the the story. And then there's a uh, great big owl, and they tell the great big owl, um, "You're so big, and you have such powerful claws. Um, help us make this this nest." So the owl obliges and said, "Of course, I'll, I'll help you make this me- ne- uh, the nest." And then in the end, then the owl betrays the sparrows and eats them all, right? So it's a it's essentially an allegory for humans creating technology to solve a problem, but then it backfires and it creates more problems. While I don't really believe in this theory too much, just because I think people can uh, humans can always make technology to solve the problems that they made in the first place. You're just gonna have to keep advancing and advancing and advancing. And it's the nature of humans. It's kind of an allegory for most people who are they think that artificial intelligence is a existential risk, right? Elon Musk, Nick Ballstrom, a lot of even Lex Friedman he on, on his podcast he also talks about this too. Uh, not the actual fable or allegory of the sparrow and the and the owl, but he brings it up. So, but I don't think that's really important to the to the matrix. I just bring it up because I I thought that was kind of the overlooked part. Most people are talking about the actual philosophy. But there's a lot of, um, it's kind of a Frankenstein philo- philosophical movie because there's a lot of concepts about free will and versus determinism. What do you, uh, uh, what's your takeaway? That, uh, <laughs> put a lot not, not on there. what I said, but just, <laughs> yeah, I but was, just for you. I was going <laughs> to, 
kind of pivot off of what Mac was saying, and then you jumped in with that allegory because I I, I have a very similar idea to what Mac pretty much the actual. I just feel like throwing it out there just before I forget. <laughs> that's that's why I did it. Yeah, so I don't <laughs> I don't know how to jump back and forth between the two. Hey, but this is a challenge. You can do it. Um, no, because I was just gonna get into like the unplugging part. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the rebirth, right? You were talking about. I mean, but what in in the case of even that allegory, what's the unplugging? Oh yeah, that definitely reminds me of the um of Plato, Plato's analogy of the sun, which is the the sun is the nature of reality and knowledge, right? It's the uh, epistemo- it's the kind of the manifestation of epistemology. What is the actual truth? Because when they're they're when they're in the cave, right? the dark cave, they see a bunch of shadows because there's a small flame. I should have added that when I was explaining it. I'm not good at at explaining stuff like this. I'm trying to learn, but there's flickering and there's shadows, but they're not actually what they think it is. So they, they, they they might see a rabbit in the shadows of the, the dimly lit cave, but in reality, it's something else. So when one of the three people who are chained inside the, uh, the cave they come out of the cave and they see the light and they have to adjust their senses. And essentially they have to relearn, unlearn stuff in, in a way. Because when you get out of the cave, you, you, you realize that you have to learn a bunch of skills like adjusting your eye. Well, you don't learn it. It's happening naturally. Adjusting your, your pupils to the amount of sunlight there is because you're in a dark cave. And knowing what really is objectively what is the things you're seeing because he goes out sees the water sees his reflection that's really the truth and all the things that he thought he was seeing all these shadows were actually different animals that's kind of the point of the uh, the allegory I, I didn't mean that allegory but uh, even in that case okay what is unplugging that what are you unplugging into there well when i think of unplugging i'm thinking about no i mean in that allegory what is he talking about unplugging from? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, the, the cave is ignorance because really what's going on in the cave is all these shadows he's seeing. It's not what he thinks it is, right? It's a cave of ignorance. And when you when you step out of the cave... Ignorance in... Ignorance because he's... What sense? Ignorance as in he's shielded from what the real world is. What what he looks like because he's strapped and faced, you know, he's facing the a wall and he's chained... So when he when he um, is taken out of the cave, he can see everything that is. What did he say? What is he saying is not the real world, and what is the real world? What he's saying, what well, the shadows, for example, he sees like. But like, I guess it would it have to be something to do with society and like things back then. What is, what is he? Saying well, he was born. I, I you know one th- one thing I have to also mention that I should have mentioned was he's born in the cave. So they're they're taken from, I don't know, they're captured, right? It's a hypothetical, <laughs> and they were born in the cave, so they. Would, this is their their world. This is all they've ever known, mm-hmm. and they come out and they realize, okay, this is actually not the real world. There are forests, there are trees, there's there's light, there's water. It's not just a dark, dimly lit lit cave, right? So that's how I would explain I, it. I got it. I'm I'm just I'm sorry, Dad. I'm gonna hop in. I I just I disagree. I, I don't think the allegory of the cave fits the matrix. And, and I've heard a lot of people bring it up. I'm just I, saying that most people, that's their how they uh, interpret it. No, no, I, I get just that. just a common thing. But, but what I, exactly, and that's why I'm, I'm disagreeing, is I think that's really, while you can, you can kind of paint the matrix over that, I think the key elements of, of the original allegory, they don't fit as cleanly. So, so what I mean by yeah, that is. Yeah, that's what I agree, disagree with too. That's why it was probably confusing, Dio, honestly. Uh, no, I understand the allegory oh okay no yeah i i just for me personally the allegory was to describe plato's understanding of reality our reality was that there was the world of form and shape and then there was this world that we live in now and everything was an imperfect copy of the perfect shape right so the allegory was as you said people are chained to the wall and they're watching things go by two-dimensional shadows this was representative of what we're looking at now is always going to be imperfect. And there is a perfect form or essence that exists in the world of, of forms, right? In the world of shapes. Is it shapes or forms? I think it's forms. I, I think 
Yeah, I think it's forms. I think it's forms, yeah. So so and then the the other significant part is that when the guy who breaks free, he goes out and he sees the real world, you know, the world of of for us the real world, but it would be for us living in the cave of reality now if we were able to go to the world of forms. And then we came back and we were telling people all this stuff. People would call us crazy. People would say, you know, you're mad. You don't know what you're talking about. And they would hate us. They'd hurt us. This was like when somebody comes with an enlightened message or some sort of um, transcendent, you know, wisdom, people usually make fun of them. They're, they consider them crazy because, you know, once again, in, in a in a crazy house, the person who's sane appears crazy, right? That's That's the whole point of that. Whereas in the Matrix, um, it's very deliberate. In fact, they even talk about the first Matrix was too perfect. And we fundamentally rejected it because it wasn't real enough. Um, we, like, it's it's very literally ties to the allegory of the cave and that we're being held against our will in a non-reality. Mm-hmm. But it's not... It's but, not quite there. It's like halfway but it's, there. Well, exactly. It's it's not quite... It's It's for different purposes than just... Like, uh, th- that version of reality is not like the cave. That version of reality is indistinguishable from the from the actual reality. You know what I mean? So instead of, instead, when in the Matrix, th- that's why I said, to me, it's closer to Descartes, because Descartes talks about us not being able to trust our, our sensory organs, right? The information that comes in through our senses. Whereas... Plato says, no, you can trust your senses. It's just what you're being fed is not is not real. It's not it's just an afterimage. It's just a shadow. So the matrix plays more on the fact that we're being fed something that is just as real as um outside of the matrix. It's just our sensory organs are being manipulated. And even furthermore, instead of coming back into the cave and being scorned and mocked, you come back into the cave and you have superpowers, <laughs> you know, and you don't give much of a shit about anybody that's in there, to be honest. Um, so that that's my takeaway. I, I and I've like I said, I've heard that too uh, on the internet. A lot of people bring up the allegory of the cave. I think that they are not taking it as what Plato intended in that respect. And I think yeah, the if you look up the um, on Google, let's look up allegory of the cave. It says. The allegory of the cave, or Plato's cave, is an allegory presented by the Greek philosopher Plato in his work *Republic* to compare the effect of education and the and the lack of it in on our nature. So, it's supposed to, and also if you look it up, it says the main theme of Plato's allegory of the cave is in the *Republic*. It is that human perception cannot derive true knowledge, and instead, real knowledge can come via philosophical reasoning. So I think the allegory of the cave. I can. I think it's. I kind of. I, I agree with um, Mac. It's quite not there because I think it's because the original point of this. Uh, this the original point of the allegory was to show the effect of what happens when you don't philosophize. You'd essentially be in a cave, right? Yeah, yeah. You're choosing, but where, where were you going with that? Dial? I didn't mean to um, commandeer it there. I'm just going to go back. Yeah, yeah, take it back <laughs> to where you go back. A lot of Frankenstein stuff, I'm telling you. There's too many themes. <laughs> I'm going to stay away from all of that and just kind of explain. Yeah, just do what you, what you want to talk Start about. Explain what The Matrix was for me. Yeah, for yeah. you. Yeah. This is probably when I first watched it. didn't watch when it first came out. I watched it probably mid-2000s. I'm in middle school. Mm-hmm. And how I took the film... I don't know. I can't remember exactly how. It might have been a, a person in my life or maybe just researching. But after watching The Matrix, looking into it, talking with it about other people, that's when I sort of got into, I guess, being a cynic, questioning things more so than I had before. I mean, from watching The Matrix, somehow I got connected to things like Alex Jones, Above Top Secret, uh, like started researching ancient civilizations uh, different conspiracies. You opened a can of worms, but Theo. Th- that's what it did to me. And it, actually, I get it. After watching this movie, it brought back. It was almost nostalgia to bring take me back to that space of being into the, all that kind of stuff. So, but essentially, for me, I guess it would put it down to, um, like everything, how society's running, how like the systems all in place. 
a lot of what we're seeing or being fed is not true and that behind the scenes there's a lot more going on in the world that's affecting us and kind of engineering how things are working for society as a whole when you brought up alex jones i was i almost went into a uh, rant about the uh jeffrey epstein for some reason you know it's funny we also brought up jeffrey epstein in in one of the episodes already so whoever's listening they probably know about I mean, he called it. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> he was right about. Jeffrey that's all I'll say. Uh, that's all I'll say about Island. that, though. That's that's it. Just in case anybody's like com- interested in the comments, but um, I don't remember when I when I first saw it. I just I'm for some reason the first time I was really young, so it it kind of went over my head. I just thought I was like, oh man, he's got a cool cool uh trench coat, and he's like got some glasses, and he's like a Superman. That's really how I took it. I was um, really young. Yeah, I think the only part I didn't, the only major part of it that I didn't take way back then was the Terminator part of like the AI. You produce this AI and then sure. it takes over. I didn't think about in yeah. terms of that back then. It was more of like, oh, like government's lying and all this stuff I, and cover ups and whatnot. I was older than, oh, I am older than you guys. So I, I saw it when it first came out. Isn't that weird though when you watch a movie when you're young and then you watch it again when you're older? And all the knowledge you've, you've uh, acquired and obtained has changed the interpretation it, of it. It didn't. It just add, for me. It just added. I just was like missing one because it, again, g- it gave like you a layer, a, though. That's like what I'm you saying. Said, it's it a Frankenstein of philosophy, philosophies, and things going on. So I just didn't consider that as deeply, and I think that's a much bigger part of what it is than what I considered back then of AI, especially now with. Mm-hmm. Kind of how quickly things are, technology is developing, AI is developing, and it becoming more of a concern, right? Uh, like a more of a mainstream concern than it was back then. Back then, people were like, uh, did uh, did uh, the Animatrix? Did they talk about the motivation for the war between the people? And yeah, the yeah, machines? yeah. They did. Okay, I, I don't remember that one. So essentially, one of them just happened to have free will, and he disobe- disobeyed his master, and then killed killed his uh, human master. Then he was put on trial, and they had to. Uh, disassemble all the models because mm-hmm. obviously what what occurred was, you know, bad. And then they had a huge war. Yeah, it's kind of like iRobot-ish. Yeah, iRobot-ish. But it's a lot, pretty gruesome actually, the uh, animation. It's pretty, pretty, um, um, hard, not harsh, but like, the, the war was intense and they, essentially humans ended up nuking, nuking the robots because they, um... And there was a lot of sympathizers yeah they were they were <laughs> activists yeah they were they were um they were um what, like pro pro robot activists pro, yeah. pro robot activists they're, but the fun fucking would be <laughs> but it, it's funny because i'm not i'm gonna tell i know it's yeah, off they, top. they call them sympathizers in animatrix i believe yeah, yeah. Jesus. I, i'm gonna go off topic and i remember i told man i wish we had robot slaves and then somebody told me isn't that un- unethical <laughs> Someone already. I'm not even joking. You. I was just joking. Said, I wish we had some robot slaves. Life would be easier. You know. They're not, they're not slaves. Ro- yeah, they they're, wouldn't be slaves though. Tools. Robot tools, essentially, that can do our our. our I just use that word to. Yeah, yeah, because it's just yeah, yeah. shit stirring. Yeah. The moment they could start talking back is when they get the sympathizers. No, not even that. <laughs> Maybe more. I've heard. I've heard rumors of <laughs> of apes that uh. They're put to work, and people are upset about that too. So you know, well, let's not talk about the the force oh, monkey I mean, label. But I meant just for machines, for any animal, of course. Uh, yeah, animals are that. different. Yeah, for any animal, but for machines, I think there's no. I, and I told him this. I'm like, man, you're Siri, sitting on that. Siri sh- talks back. I told him this. I told him. <laughs> and listen, you, know, you know, be hilarious. <laughs> right now. You know, be hilarious if there's like a um, a robot sympathizer but sympathizer in the you comments. You need the physical body too. That. That component, unless you say the iPhone is, but you do. It's like, but like what, like a humanoid physical body? I don't even think you necessarily need a humanoid one. It could be in an animal form, and it would be. But it would it need like to spot be, like Boston Dynamics. Would it need to be familiar to if us as like a living the, creature? The Boston Dynamics when yeah, they're I kicking, remember when that they're kicking that thing. People are like, no, I, I, I get it though. Yeah, I get it because it's more like still, an animal. Yeah, it's got mm-hmm. uh, it's got something uh, familiar to us. Yeah, a familiar. Form. So if it's just a box with like sentience. I don't think people would care. You know even, what? Even if it had more sentience than like the, don't make the it look Boston. like humans, or it's like 
If it's like pleading, please don't kill me. Please stop. Oh, I am in pain. <laughs> and I know don't kick me. <laughs> I want to live. That's the, that's the South. Remember South Park? That's what happened. Cartman wants to be a box. <laughs> you could probably still do it. You're like, Screw that. <laughs> no, <laughs> stop. I have feelings. <laughs> that's South Park. That's literally the episode of South Park where Cartman pretends to be a robot. And then the government takes them and they're like, tell us your knowledge. Something like that. But it's complicated. <laughs> but at that point, they could probably build their own bodies. That's true. No, that's it. I mean, what if, they he didn't, th- if he didn't have arms. And, um, they just like hack into some. Our, plug me in, I promise. <laughs> no, they I won't build a body. <laughs> I there's, swear. There's a very famous <laughs> artificial lonely. artificial intelligence it, book. It would probably transfer itself into some, maybe just like toy robot. It'd even be the internet at that yeah. point. Yeah. But yeah. that's what that's what they. Um, I don't want to bring up Marvel. I think because it's a little too oh, fantastic. With, uh, but Ultron does that. Ultron, yeah. But in the in the book, our final invention. I forgot who the author is, but it's a very good uh, kind of beginner artificial intelligence book. They theorize that a, a artificial intelligence would eventually be smart enough to know how to create its own body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what I see. But, but we're getting kind of off topic. Let's... Let, what, what were we talking about before? Before the uh, robot rights? The Matrix. Oh, we're talking about the war. Okay, I remember. So they I, I was Yeah, I only asked that because I was curious because in the first movie they never... Um, they never talked about like why the war happened. Oh it's no! Just, yeah. There was a war, and then they they used to run on a uh, solar ener- energy, so we nuked them, so, and then the yeah. sun yeah, was blotted out. Intentionally and made a nuclear winter, yeah. Yeah, and then they realized that okay, we'll just use bio energy. Then yeah. we'll use humans. So that's how it ended up happening. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, well, this you know what that brings. This is a question. Like, so what if you had the well, the, and this comes to the red pill, blue pill thing. What if you knew that you were in the Matrix and shit was pretty good for you and you knew it was on the outside? Would you stay in the Matrix? Would you... Uh, oh, that's Cypher. Yeah, that's, would you go yeah. Cypher's route yeah. or would you want truth above all else? Ooh. I wouldn't betray... Well, not, not even betray, but just for yourself. Like, let's oh. say the red pill, blue pill, but instead of not knowing what a shithole you're going to get into yeah. if you take the red pill, they tell you outright, like, it's going to suck out there, but here, you know. Oh, but you might get more curious. You're like, hmm, can't be that bad. Go ahead. Well, that's the question. Truth yeah, versus. If, if you don't have to screw over, I, I can't even say they're his friends anymore, but, like, those yeah, are the only yeah. people you know. Other people, yeah. <laughs> it's his like former hand, comrades. A handful of people that are real. Mm-hmm. And that you know, and you just betray them. But yeah, if you were just like, hey, like you're I, in, I can go plug into this, and every my life will be amazing. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, let's let, let's say like you are Neo, you have Neo's decision. Except, like I said, instead of like this will be the truth, and your world will never be the same. Mm-hmm. Like they give you a sample, like this is what the world's like if you take this pill. But this is the truth. This is the opportunity to live in the real world. This you'll continue to dream, and your life will be pretty awesome. Because, you know, it's not a dystopian nightmare. <laughs> like, his, his life kind of sucked, though. Did it? Well, let's say they offered you uh, well, a great the, life. The pretty deal that pretty Cypher deal. was trying yeah, yeah. to get. Make me rich. Make me rich. Important, blah, important, blah, blah, Important, yeah, all sorts of shit. See, that's where it's like, mm. maybe maybe plug me in. I'll truth, yeah. That, well, I mean, that's that's truth versus... Uh, uh, what? Ignorance is bliss. I mean, sure. I would take truth. Can I comment on th- on this actually this theory of this blue pill? There's an actual uh, uh I mean, yeah, concept think- for this. Do you know do you guys know about I, I don't want to bring in aliens, but I'm going to do it. Do you know about the Fermi paradox? Start and I'll tell you if I know it. So the Fermi paradox is the um an explanation of why we haven't found um alien life even though there's an incalculable amount of planets that have the habitable zones. That is this can, the one that with can like have. the funnel event? No, uh, pretty much the the Fermi paradox is essentially it's um there's a paradox. There's a m- a bunch of planets in the universe. Mathematically speaking, there should be aliens by now. We should have seen them. We should have very very direct evidence. This should be on the on the the fl- the front lawn of the White House kind of thing, you know. This sh- and then there is a, th- a, a a solution to this paradox, and one of them is the Matryoshka brain. Right, and there's something called a Dyson sphere, where this Dyson sphere is essentially some kind of sphere around the sun to capture its energy. Right, 
And some people theorize that the solution to why we haven't found aliens is because the aliens have become so advanced that they found this. Um, they use a Dyson sphere to create a supercomputer that puts them into a simulation where they can be hedonists forever, essentially. Mm. <laughs> so that's why I, I just wanted to bring it up, just because I thought there, there, there actually is that kind of uh, concept out there. And no, I actually, I mean, I'll, I'll put it down in the, in the was comment. A, but that would be only one alien civilization. Exactly. There and was, and that doesn't count for the, all the other civilizations that probably would want to conquer, that would want to do all these things that in movies movies depict, etc. There was some there was a show that had that as an episode. Like there was God, I can't really remember if it was a cartoon or a show. It was some sci fi thing though. And uh there was like a planet where everybody was just dreaming. And there was like this big shared dream and everybody was living this awesome fucking life. But like they had to wake him up because like a meteor was gonna hit or something and and so they, they needed to wake up so they could stop it. But, like, outside the dream, they were just, like, these weak, pathetic little, like, nothings, right? And reality sucked. I think they ended up getting, like, stopping the meteor, but they all decided to stay asleep. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, it's just way better. A resp- um, by the way, a response to you, you saying, what about the other civilizations, right? I don't know if the person who proposed this... um uh. Solution to the Fermi Paradox, Robert J. Bradbury. He's born uh, 19... 19- Ray Bradbury, huh? Or yeah. Robert, Robert, Robert Bradbury? Or Robert, Bradbury? J- Robert J. Oh, okay, Bradbury. Okay. Bradbury. Um, maybe he's assuming that the uh, proclivity of civilizations tend to, tends to gear towards hedonism, and therefore that's why that we haven't found them. You get to a certain point where you're so advanced that all these life forms want to just be in, 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 in their simulation and just experience ignorance but bliss. I mean, we do that, so, but I don't want to get into that. We're applying our logic to them because there's a lot of factors. There's and so many factors. Yeah, I mean, if you if because you were if assuming you they're like us. Discussion, yeah. I mean, I would then assume that not everyone would go in. There'd be people outside controlling it, and they would still continue. Yeah, exactly. But um, anyway, that's. I know we got we went off the rails, but I mean, deal with it. It's our show, right? Um. Let's go back to that uh, concept, which is actually, I think that is the most, I guess, universally accepted um, concept that most people could agree upon in the first first movie. Yeah, there is the red pill and there is the blue pill. There is ignorance versus uh, knowledge. There is the dichotomy between free will and determinism, you know? There's this kind of versus lies. What would you guys choose? I mean... If, if I would after probably after being out, you take truth. You'd, I'd have to. I can't be. Yeah, I'd be kind of curious too. If, but if you were give, like I said, given given the that scenario before where you don't, well, you get a glimpse of what the truth is, or you get a glimpse. Oh, you get a glimpse. Go back to it. What what would you choose? Would you choose truth or or continue to dream? I'd have to know what I what glimpse I saw. I mean, like, listen, like, I mean, it sucked as bad as it did in the Matrix. Oh, okay. If total I saw dystopia, that, yeah. total dystopia, man, that is really hard. Zion, for Zion, the sweatiest place <laughs> under the earth. And then, I would choose Zion and then try to try to create, try to like have a rave. <laughs> show those try robots to, who's boss. <laughs> Glow sticks, and then get then get killed. All right. Um, yeah, I got to take truth in the end. Yep, good call. Yeah, I I would say truth. I'd still try to throw the rave. Funny enough, I kind of <laughs> wanted to throw a rave. Have you heard of the underground raves? But you, because you know, in Paris, in the catacombs. Just saying. Have you heard of the underground raves in the catacombs of Paris? Yeah, they're illegal. But it's in France, so but that's yeah, that's true. They have they, some in Ukraine too, though. They they have the programs where they can plug in scenarios, and still enjoy that. Even being outside the matrix, they can plug sure. in. Yeah, there you, plug that in is the, true. I mean, you the have other, your escapism. The sure. non matrix, the real world. No, no, because the matrix is. Oh yeah, separate, that. separate from the matrix. And then they have the other programs with no names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they just the, do whatever. The, the red dress lady. The red dress yeah. ladies, like I can hook you up with her. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take true. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, best of both worlds. <laughs> Wait, quick question. Was the Oracle what? in the first or second movie? First. first. She was in all of them. She's, right? She's in all of all them, of right? Them. Yep. You know, it's funny because, yeah, that is the philosopher's journey because somebody was uh, postulating that theory on YouTube that 
it's really the movie is an allegory for the philosopher's journey of truth, right? How they get enlightened. Some of them, a lot of the philosophers back then, we talked about this, w- consulted an oracle, which I just kind of made that connection. Well, f- from the first film, can you even understand who or what the oracle is? Well, no, her name, I didn't think you did can. they name her oracle though? Yeah. Yeah, they did. She's the I mean, oracle. It, you, when talking about the Matrix, it's hard not to talk about the trilogy, but... We well, can like dev- dive into a little bit. What I didn't, I can't remember enough, so I was kind of just no, no. But you, you would have a hard time because I feel like with a lot of these trilogies, they they really put their best in the first movie so they can get green lighted for the other two. And in some cases, maybe they plan it out. In other cases, I think they just kind of not retcon, but they they adjust stuff to to make it fit. You know. Um. So, I mean, like, in the first one, I kind of feel, and of course, I don't know. I don't know the story of the, the makers, but I kind of feel like, yeah, Oracle, that'd be pretty badass. Like, <laughs> just, she'll tell him if he's the, the chosen one or not. Well, there's yeah. a lot of Greco-Roman um, uh, homages because Morpheus is the, the god of dreams and Greek mythology. And he, you know, he, he's in, that was the first part of it was he w- wakes up from a dream, right? I think, like... All of the names have oh, they, some, I mean, they're not, some meaning. They're not clever with the names. Yeah, but <laughs> well, Neo, <laughs> well, Neo Cypher, Trinity, yeah, the obvious. Morpheus, Neo. Neo just like, means new in yeah. Latin, like a new age, a new yeah, time. Yeah, but it's pretty obvious. The yeah. but I remember the oracle specifically saying "cogito ergo sum," which means um, "I think, therefore I am." That's the Latin word. Discord. Yeah, Descartes. So they they definitely knew what they were doing. They weren't just like throwing around random stuff. Well, no, probably, no, but yeah, yeah. I'm just saying they made it pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did make it pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. But uh, somebody was talking about there was like an allegory between Cypher and Neo, and uh, it's supposed to represent binary, um, the ones and zeros and compute and computations. And you know, Neo is a hacker, right? So I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. How, but how did how, how I, I don't know mean? how they made that that made that connection. I had to look into it. Ones and zeros. Well, ones and zero, yeah, because I mean, I understand. Cipher, binary, cipher is an anagram for zero. It's backward to spell zero. Okay, is it? It's cipher, be- cipher backward to zero. Is then, it? Yeah. So like they were very and then particu- neo particular about the names for a reason, I think, and maybe which is impressive. They In what really language is cipher zero thing? Yeah. If, okay. Let's go cipher, and then you wouldn't it be like no, it's an anagram, so re- it's backward. Refic, refic? cipher backwards. I mean, I know cipher means to decode or decode. It's a tool, tool to decode or something like that. Has something to do with codes. What is this? Actually, let's ignore that. That um, I don't. I we're gonna get into this messy like rabbit hole of finding the, this connection. I know somebody proposed it that the names meant some had some kind of um homage to computer uh, programming. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause like any sort of code, like I'm, I know ciphers have to do with the code. Yeah, and it makes sense because you know Neo is a hacker, and then um, the original hackers, the pioneers of the ARPANET, and modern com- the modern computing pioneers were hackers. And hacker back then, at least in the eighties or se- even sixties, late sixties, seventies, meant somebody who was a computer expert who used to code specifically the, at MIT, and they knew how to code so well that they could. They were like an architect. They knew the ins and outs. And then also pushing the boundaries of of knowledge. And that's kind of what um, Neo rep- represents. That's why I think it's it makes sense that, that that connection would be made because Neo is a hacker. So I think that was that was pretty smart of them. But um we're almost at, we're at forty minutes, so let's let's go into the allegory we were that you know Well, there's a couple other things. <laughs> Let's hear about that <laughs> allegory. Even before that, because that's going to go. Um, this might be a two-part episode. <laughs> it's going to turn. This will be Allegories of the Matrix, part one, the allegories. Part two, more allegories. Part two, the allegory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so let's see. Who wants allegories to come out? Who, who wants to talk about the... the well, I want to I hear, before we get into that one, I want to hear what Dio has to say about uh, 
Oh, just a couple like rent. I guess it's kind of just like fun facts sort of stuff. Oh, fun facts. There I like was fun uh, facts. I forgot her name, but it was like a black woman who apparently sued the Wadkowskis. A fun fact for, for, for stealing. <laughs> really? Oh, really? Stealing the story. Oh wow! Like a copyright claim. Yeah. Why? Uh, cause she said like she sent a manuscript for something called the Third Eye, mm-hmm. and she also I think sued because of the uh, Terminator also. Like it stole the ideas from the story. Really? When she did she wrote write this? Like in the eighty? Like what had it? I think in like eighty five. What's her name? Huh. Uh, let me see if I can find her name. That's but pretty. I don't know if she didn't win, did she? No, no. So a lot of people <laughs> still kind of call BS on it. Uh, but Sophia Stewart. Sophia Stewart. Let me, because that's. I mean, that's a l- unless it's like exactly the same. The Matrix touches on a lot of different themes. Like we said, it's a real Frankenstein. So, I mean, if it's just robots taking over, I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's kind of a common trope. And if well, I mean, that all yeah. comes from Asimov, doesn't? Yeah, it? I think it's mm-hmm. like him and his robot laws. I wonder if Star Wars ever um or Dune. Well, the the, the never mind. Because the, the person who made Dune, I think he died before Star Wars came out, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think he did. You know about Dune, right? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Sting was in that motherfucker. Dune author. <laughs> okay, let's see. And the only I mean, because the Dune author could have sued Star Wars if he was able to do so. So, if very, But I don't think it's that similar. <laughs> I, don't. I don't think it's that similar. So maybe uh, that's... I mean, there's similarities, but I don't think it's... I think it's more of a, a respect, an homage to the Dune, if anything. Because it's only one of the plants of the desert planet. But then... It's hard they, to make those cases. Yeah. If it's, it's really difficult, yeah. Yeah. And then so the, I think the it religion... Was, it was yeah. something similar. Maybe even she had less basis than Dune would have. But she... she and Dune, Dune doesn't have a lot for Star Wars. Because, I mean, there's no... There's no spice. There's no big worms. There's there's a desert planet. It's in yeah, space. the the worms are a huge um uh part of the mythos. That's what I remember the most. Yeah, as a kid was the, worms. the worms. So the worm and they don't have that in Star Wars. No, no. So or the spice, which again is like the main. Isn't it? There, there's one worm, one giant worm in Star Wars. You mean the oh, sarlacc well, pit? An, yeah, I, that's not the same though. Yeah, it's not like a. Actual worm, it's just it's like a, a mouth. mouth. <laughs> it's like a mouth in the desert, and he yeah. just falls in it. And it wasn't really that important. It just like it's yeah, not it integral was... to the story. Yeah, but there's probably someone out there who's a Dune fan who's just like, ah, Star Wars. If you, you are, stole everything from me. Contact us, and we will uh, we'll rectify our ignorance. This is a standing <laughs> offer. <laughs> All right, let's just. You, we're, yeah. I know you guys are putting it off. I'll, I will say, Wait, it. just one. You know, the if origi- you don't do it, origi- I'll do it. The original Neo, Nail. Uh-huh. Oh, Neo means one. Back, uh, uh, never mind. That's why I just remember. Hey, metacognition. <laughs> Neo backwards is one, one and cipher. The original Neo was supposed to be a woman. Is that what you can tell me? No, Will Smith. Oh, was Will- it, oh, was it really? <laughs> yeah. Huh, no shit. Will Smith was supposed to be Neo, but did he turn it down, or did he? He uh, turned it down because he was doing Wild West. Bad to move. do Wild West. You know what? I can, <laughs> I can actually and see him move, doing brother. it. And he said like their pitch to him was so bad. I can see that. Like it was like too weird, so he. Keanu yeah. Reeves doesn't care, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I can, I, and Morpheus was supposed to be Val Kilmer. So if really Will, if Will Smith would have took Neo, they would have made Morpheus white, and it would have been Val Kilmer. Interesting. Huh. Which is fun. I don't think it would have been as good. With them. <laughs> I gotta agree. Actually, I don't. I don't. I love Val Kilmer, but uh, I don't think he would have done as well as. Uh, I don't even think Will Smith would have. No. Really? Somehow, I think Will Smith. I actually I think his, you know why. No, no, you know I think why his personality, especially he, during that time of yeah. his acting career, he he would have been too loud for the part. Honestly. He's not yeah too loud because he's supposed to be a, a hacker, and you know hackers are tend to be like kind now, of book, modern, bookish. He can pull it off now. Yeah, his his acting now, but you got to remember back then he was fresh off the French. He was fresh doing, Yeah, it was Fresh Prince. He did Men in Black. He did uh, Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. He did. Um, uh, Independence Day. Independence Day. Yeah. So, I mean, he was very typecast early on. So that would have been a huge... I think the whole tone of the movie, honestly, would have been different if it was Will Smith. Because he has such a big personality. Mm-hmm. And especially back then, that, that was his main selling point. Like you said, now I think he he tones himself down to fit the character a bit more. Um, he has more of a range as an actor now, I think, definitely. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, I remember the first one I actually saw him in that, like, 
blew me away in that regard was Ali. Mm-hmm. He played Ali so so well. So yeah, I think now he he would do really good as the as Neo. But yeah, back then it's all about Kiana, man. <laughs> Which that kind of made Kiana, Kiana, right? Uh, it remade him because he j- he hadn't worked in a good Before while. Before that, so what was it? Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted was his big one. I think he was in a in some music videos. Oh, <laughs> point Point Break. Oh, Point Break. Point yeah. fucking Break. Great movie. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing movie. Uh, he was in he was in movies, but he had kind of a lull in the mid to late nineties, and then the Ma- he got the Matrix and that that got him rolling again. Are we ready for the right. for the for the end? All right, let's talk. You, uh, well, well, you want to open the can of worms? One last thing: when the Oracle came, I was expecting Queen Latifah for some reason. What? Because of scary movie. <laughs> 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 I forgot so much. We're but I was to- like. Oh, Queen Latifah's part. Deal. Coming we're, up. we're trying to make this serious, okay, stoic sure. philosophy. She wouldn't have been bad. She wouldn't have even cool. been bad. She wouldn't have been bad. She was super young back then. Like, she's another one. Now I could see it a lot more than back then. Back then, she was she was way young, man. Yeah. Should we make this a two parter? Would that be weird? Do you think that would turn people off? No, they do it all the time. Because yeah, it's it, it's getting a little. Late. I mean, we could if we were able to wrap it up in fifteen minutes. Yeah, an hour is not bad. I don't think it, that'll be a problem. Right, yeah, let's and that's do just it. our All new. Right. That's our new goal. Go ahead, Gene. Let's piss some people off. <laughs> okay, and by the way, this is two months ago, and this is in Reddit, posted by you, Alaska Doomer. You all know it's about to happen. And it says the Matrix directors didn't explain trans allegory to Keanu Reeves. The hell does that mean? So apparently, Keanu Reeves. He wasn't in on it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's just bring. What is? What? When did you hear about the trans allegory? This, I heard pretty this, recently. It was only recently. Like as that's they were announcing a, the fourth one, they're like, "Oh, by was, the way." It was only a story because they just out of nowhere. Hey, by the way, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the Matrix is a trans. Well, allegory. I I know for okay. So to, I will say this. I know for a fact that unlike the the matrix chat rooms and like corners of the internet people have been talking about this and matrix resolutions pe- that's what people they call who it. have been in the trans community before it was really mainstreamed i know that they looked at they took it to mean that i, I i've heard I, i've heard talk are you this. saying it's project projection yeah i, I would say that yeah. it's yes, um, a motivated reasoning it's also because i think a ton of people and a ton of different groups on whatever side of whatever you want to say adopted the red pill thing. Yes. It's like Absolutely. a well, lot because, of different groups. Because of what Elon Musk tweeted, right? He says to take no, the red is, pill. No, this way is before, way before Elon before Musk that. did it because the internet took it. Oh, yeah, oh was, okay. This was, yeah, way This back. was long, long way, ago, way yeah. People were taking whatever group was taking in whatever direction they wanted to take it. I mean, the red pill is for a, anybody. There's different truths for different things, right? scene. Like when he pulls exactly. it out and he gives the choose you know to stay in ignorance or to to seek truth like it was such an iconic moment that everybody could see what they wanted to in it definitely yeah. could okay well this is how the people i'm gonna say what this person <clears throat> says mandula one two three i see a lot of people up in arms about this the matrix is an open-ended plot it caters to various different meanings and allegory the main idea of the matrix is true freedom slash choice choice and know thyself for me the matrix means personal freedom and the choice to overcome my fear of life and depression for the creators it means coming out as trans for others it could mean a plethora of things it all pertain to the main goal of the matrix to know your true self so there isn't a need to be angry about the creator's statements and i'm going to pull up this article that uh, was posted on august 19th 2020 by douglas lamont douglas lamont the Matrix directors didn't explain trans allegory to Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, star of the Matrix movie series, says that at the time of filming, he was unaware of the Wachowskis' intent to convey a tra- trans allegory. So for me, I'm okay, cynic aspect. It seems like if this was the case, which I don't think it is, given all we've talked about, right? All the people, everyone's takeaways, that I, I don't think it's a trans allegory. And if it was... Uh, Keanu Reeves probably would have known about it. They would have told him, right? I mean, that's what directors do. That's yeah. what they do. So, so that's my my uh, <clears throat> idea about it. I think it's a bit of projection and motivated reasoning. Yeah, a combination of those. And also, um, like, 
I don't think there was an enough evidence really to even the just evi- because the it's like the evidence is oh what evidence did it, they point to the evidence the was, only evidence I heard was the character and I don't even remember oh I'm referring to this post because <coughs> no, yeah, like sure, upvoted but, but in, okay. in general be- because they say uh oh it means it can mean anything it's like just be it's like it's I not was, that open ended exactly it's not, it's not exactly that people. Yeah. They love to do this. They say, okay, well, this is open-ended. So, therefore, it could be anything. It could be about space monkeys and and, and heaven. I mean, fucking the fan fiction that came as a result, which I'm sure there's just a fuck ton of. I'm sure that's open-ended, but the movies themselves are pretty... They're pretty self-contained, you know what I mean? They're not open-ended. There's a definite beginning. This is a funny one. This guy looked like he was being very um, sarcastic. Yes, it's a trans allegory. And a psychedelic experience allegory, and a religious allegory, and a computer <laughs> architecture allegory, and a hacker philosophy allegory. Really, I think it's a, it really to me personally. I guess maybe because I'm into computing, it sounds like yeah, a lot of hacker philosophy in there. Yeah. So if anything, it sounds more like an allegory for being a a hacker and breaking into something, revealing its secrets, and knowing the truth. Right. That's the hacker philosophy. Right. At least for me. But even then, I don't, I'm not. I don't subscribe to motivated reasoning enough to project myself and think that that's really what it's about. I think it's about... I I mean, there's no way that... Look, if the directors now, who are both trans, and I don't know when they came out... Three years ago, I think. So it was quite a ways after the trilogy was released. Yeah. Trilogy... (sighs) Final movie came out in 2003. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's been quite a bit. They both came out, which is... Is... I mean, I don't know, it's strange to me. Two twins would both come out, but, you know, they share genetics, whatever. Yeah, sure, I guess They so. came out, and they're saying, hey, it's this, it's always been this. The fan, like, the trans fans got it right. That's what it is. I don't believe them, necessarily, because, well, like you said, I, I just don't see any evidence. That, yeah. being, that being said, and also, I can't. I'm a bit cynical, too. I think <clears throat> also it's good marketing and bring yourself up to the spotlight if you But I remember them pointing say that. out specific evidence and the actually maybe there was more but really the there was only two thing things I, okay the one thing i remember was the character mm-hmm. who in the matrix was a girl supposedly no it was a man wasn't it, was it? A, i think it was see I, okay let me let me just comment on this and this is the same thing we were talking about this character which they brought up when i first heard about it through a review i was like the fuck and i went back and i watched it i barely noticed this character I barely noticed. And this is the shining example of, well, because in the Matrix, they're a man and outside they're a woman or or vice versa. Like they go into the Matrix and they're a woman inside they're a man, something like that. Mm -hmm. I I didn't even notice. I think it's the same actress that plays both in and outside the Matrix. I'm pretty sure I didn't notice the difference between in and out. Kind of make her kind of butch in one of them, right? Yes. It's it's. ultra for, they they give her one of the most forgettable deaths Uh in the series. Like it's, complete throwaway and people use this as like this this proves it this proves it and to put it in perspective yeah this character has like at the most three lines yep maybe even just that one (laughs) is the like worst uneventful death it's such a small cast and it's I don't even think she makes it halfway through the first movie. And yeah, and, no, she and doesn't. that's it. That's it. And that's it. If it was a trans, guess, you have two <clears throat> more movies where this character doesn't exist. They, they have they have some androgynous characters in the in the second and third one of the two. I think there is some androgynous character, androgynous ish characters, right? But they never do the like. You never see them outside the Matrix. That was the whole point. Was the way that I am inside, like the matrix reflects how I see myself. And when I go in the matrix, I am, you know, this, not that I am physically. Right. And I mean, that's, it's a cool concept, actually. It, it actually is a kind of a cool concept, but it's such a small part of the movie. It's, it's, it's literally a throw. I did not notice all yeah. the times I've watched that movie since it came out. I have not noticed until someone told me about it. And even, when you if if it's true, even, you know even if you're it. true and you know about it, it's hard to like. I didn't. Yeah, it's hard to pull it out and be like, "Oh, that's what it." This is, is what the whole series is about. And that's All what the whole movies. series is about. Like, no, no. And, and the other one that I heard was back in the '90s when they did the whole red pill, blue pill. Uh, the red pill was the same color as the hormones that someone would take when they were transitioning. I don't know if this is true. Um, this is something again I heard through the internet grapevine. Uh, I think at best, that's circumstantial. 
<laughs> like mm-hmm. very at best. Um, so I just, I, I don't, I don't buy it. But I mean the blue pill and the red pill, I think it's really because blue and red are the, and the spectrum, not the, the color wheel. Mm-hmm. They're the exact opposites, cool and warm. So I don't really think, I don't really believe that. Just like our symbol, right? The dip, cool and warm. That's why I made that symbol, red and blue. Because there's a, yeah, they're, they're opposites. Well, That's the whole point. It, you could have used exactly. any color, really. Well, and you could have flipped them. Like, they were, they didn't, they don't have any meaning. It's not because, oh, red symbolizes <laughs> fire. And the fire is the illumination of truth. And then blue is water. It's very passive. You know, if some, if they had said something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like, you can make a lot of reaches in this movie. And also, um, one thing I want to—it's I guess open. You know what would have been a very—you know what would would have been super super direct. I guess would have made it more reasonable. These theories would have been more reasonable if the people in the Matrix woke up and they were their true genders or whatever, right? That would have been more direct. Well, no, if if you made it more of a central aspect of like even if even if they brought attention to it, like. A character goes back in the Matrix the first time, and they're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a chick. What the hell? And they're like, that is your true self. Yeah, that, exactly. You know, like, if they made a point to, to, to bring it up, to point attention to it. And that would have been a good they, sneaky they, way. That would have been controversial. They did that about so many other things. Because, yeah, they, they that, made it very... They smack you over the <laughs> yes. head with, with the stuff that they're trying to get you to see, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it just doesn't fit the... Like, I don't believe everything else is just super in your face obvious and this one aspect is da vinci code level hidden in there like using your jeopardy-ish knowledge of fucking yeah i mean the the names themselves they were pretty out there they're no but they were even they, they, made, the names. they made every pretty much everything very as obvious as possible right and the cartesian skepticism they put literally the latin in the oracle's house cogito ergo zoom and in, right? in, the, in the last in the last uh movie as Neo is dead, you know, the robots, you know, he's in the, the Christ posture. And I think at one point he recreates like the, the, the painting of Jesus. And dead, Christ, yeah, you know? Christ yeah, resurrects, there's right? There's definitely a lot of religious aspects in there. Once you get, if they can make early on, you don't see it as much, well, but you, 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 you the have second the whole, and third, it comes up. You have the it chosen makes, one, the resurrection, the, he's dead and he comes back. And that's, even that's kind of a stretch in the first one. They, yeah. they, they open it up a lot more. Mm-hmm. Second and third, the, it's, pretty obvious yeah that and then it, it's a very strong christ allegory yeah right but i mean and then you've got the <coughs> uh what is it the creator the ar- architect architect, architect yeah. sorry yeah and the architect is sounds like god and the god program mm-hmm. yeah um we can leave it at that what do you think i just want to say i saw a pretty good uh there's a there's a youtube i like the film theorist and he says uh Neo was not the chosen one. Actually, Agent Smith was the chosen one. So I, I recommend people should watch that. He makes a pretty good. I argument. heard about that too. It, he yeah, makes yeah. a pretty good point about it. The Agent Smith was actually the the chosen one. I always saw Agent Smith really being the devil to the angel. Really, that's well, no, because they talk about like so somebody that was the chosen one is born in the Matrix. The chosen one uh, will. The war will end when he returns to the core of the Matrix. And that was the whole point is Agent Smith, after he was killed, most programs that are killed, they get sent to the core and then they get recycled or whatever. However, Agent Smith just didn't go. And so the whole point of Neo getting assimilated by him was to bring him back to the core because Neo's body was in the core. So I think that also parallels the idea. What is it? Maybe it is a scripture it's like the devil convinces you that he's God. Uh, no, the the devil's... Even the devil quotes scripture? N- no, no, the, no, the devil's greatest trick is to convince you that he doesn't exist. No. Or, the, like, or it's... Uh, maybe it wasn't... It's Maybe it's just the idea that like the snake in the garden mm-hmm. was not... The devil, but it was like God trying to warn you. Like there was, I've heard this theory that it's like the snake was God trying to warn you about this being all, or or trying to test, or trying to test to see if you're really good, like uh, give you a a temptation to see if you're you have enough strength to resist it. Kind of that thing. Is that what you're trying to say? The the idea that uh, the devil convinced you that. 
God is not who God is. Oh, you're getting into some Gnostic stuff <laughs> right now, man. Not, okay, this I is getting this is too much. If we, like, we want to have a talk about Gnosticism, I'm down sometime. That's a cool subject. But like, yeah, the whole Garden of Eden Eden mm-hmm. was Oh, it makes you doubt God. That yeah, it was the devil who was trying to free you. Or yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. snake. No, that's that's Gnosticism. Not, yeah. That's blasphemy. Yeah. The, the, blasphemy. Snake, the snake was trying to liberate you from God who was oppressing you. That's yeah. oh, that's some um, that's Gnosticism, man. We can, we can do that. But I thought it paralleled that idea. Um, I could see kind of that, but I I see it kind of being more like um, the the Christian belief of like even the devil has a role to play in the 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 coming of the kingdom of God. So like if you look at the book of Revelation, there's like three times in the, the the devil is released from the lake of fire to fuck stuff up. <laughs> and then he keeps getting Well, maybe it's part of the divine <clears throat> plan so that humans can struggle and then become better better people. Well, and that's I, that's what they touch on in there right? because the architect is is the one who designed all these things. And he knew about the anomaly that was... um, Agent Smith. Or, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it it, it would have been something along those lines. Like, in his divine plan, it appears not... It appears flawed, but actually it's to... Because because Smith existed, this flaw, there was able to be peace between the humans in Zion and the machines. Whereas if Smith wasn't wreaking all this havoc, Neo wouldn't have had a bartering chip. To, to to broker this peace deal. You know what I mean? So that it's one of those things kinda. The devil can be used for good purposes, sort of thing. Oh, I get it. I get it. Do you want to go on the alien theory? Or just kidding. <laughs> the alien theory, which was um the aliens are gonna come in the, the fourth movie. I mean, if they do they they're, do. Gonna, they're gonna blast and you come in UFOs. You know what's funny? What they say? They just this aliens? is what they said. I that. hope they're the ones from the Independence Day series. Yeah, you know this is what they say. <laughs> That would, be, that would be that would be that'd be way too much. Dimension Neo. That'd be way too much. And, and then, then the, the predator comes. Th- there's like a, th- and they said that if it were to happen, some people were coping too. They were like, they were like, yeah, yeah. It's like, wait a minute. They're gonna the the machines will team up with the humans, and then they'll fight the aliens, and then they'll be friends. And then predator comes, kills everyone. Right, uh, that's my idea. <laughs> I like how you're just dumbfounded. And th- no, so the xenomorphs <laughs> come, and they face hugger all the humans in the pods in the matrix, and the matrix starts crumbling because everyone's face hugger is, is you know bursting through their chest. But and doesn't shit. that just destroy the doesn't previous it, three movies? And, and you know what? I, yes. I think that would be stupid. Yeah, yeah that's the whole point. That's like, the Wachowskis no, that just want to destroy their own creation. No, because uh, <laughs> there's too many red pill people who are like conservative using the red pill. It's like, nah, damn these. No, this this is what people. they need. This is what they need to do. They need to get into like the people outside of the matrix, because they start to see the reality we live in as a simulation. That they start to be able to do badass superpowers outside of the matrix, because they see it for what it really is. Uh, Layers, man. Peel that onion back, baby. Dang, yeah, that's well, fucking meta right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's some quantum shit right there, man. <laughs> All right, let's go out. Well, well done. All right. Uh, are you going to do a plug for uh, social media? Um, shout out, to, shout out to Dallas again. There's a lot of Dallas viewers. Plug that shit, I'm man. Sure, I'm sure. Um, we, we had a big bump, you said, right, Gene? Maybe they like the, pre-pe- the, the, preppy, um, the prepping. What, That's why. What, uh, how, how many uh, bumps did we have in this last week? Said by up to a hundred now, right? Let me, yeah, yeah. Let me just check that again real quick. I want to shut. Also, Spain, a bunch from Spain, so that's cool. How they? Well, in the meantime, uh, deal. What is our uh, handle? Uh, everything at Wine Jar Cynics. At Wine Jar Cynics. That is Twitter. That is Parlor, Instagram, Instagram, Facebook. No Facebook. Well, well played. Uh, <laughs> any uh, um, podcasting platform. Um, Rumble, not that anything's uploaded there yet. BitChute, uh, Locals, Minds. So the the big one is uh, Twitter, correct? Yes. Twitter and Parlor, right? Twitter and Parlor would be the okay. best for... 
And YouTube also, but we just haven't uploaded anything there yet. So if yep. you hear that, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, uh, Gene. Um, downloads by country. Number one is for us is United States, and after that is Spain and Peru. Peru. Interesting how Spain and Peru because they're Spanish speakers. Maybe they know that my mom's uh, extended family's from Spain. Even Who knows? Espanol. It's a glitch in the matrix. Watch their my family members. Just kidding. No. I, they, <laughs> They're super distant. I don't even talk to them. We will do an episode in Spanish if the Spain <laughs> it's funny cause, oh, reaches but, over 100. By, by, the, by the way, um, you know what's funny? My, my uh, Italian friend, he doesn't speak any English. He only speaks Spanish and Italian. He's just like, I don't understand you guys, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're okay with that. Yeah. He's, and he lives in Germany. Wow. He's ethnically Italian who speaks Spanish and lives in Germany. Very multicultural Does man. Does he speak German? Yeah, yeah, he speaks German, but not, no not but he's his Spanish is better than his German. And how's his and Italian? And he speaks Italian. Yeah, and oh. it, but he his English is not good. Interesting. But um, yeah, shout out to him for what he said. Yeah, shout out to all you guys. If you guys add us, we want to hear from you. So uh, go ahead and communicate with us. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. They're gonna be like, oh no, I don't like how you guys are. Uh, you know, besmirching the trans allegory. Hey, you know what? I got to say, I think we handled that really well. We were worried about we doing it. Yeah, really I, I, I don't want to rant because you know what? I have a trans I have a trans neighbor, I think. So uh, he seems like an okay guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't tell. He seem close. <laughs> I think. And he, we ruined he, it. He's got a, he's got a, I think he's a, oh, he's a cross-dresser maybe. Oh, Is that geez. the better term? I don't think you could say that anymore. Don't, don't do the, I got a, a black. I got a black friend. A black friend that I can't I, be racist. That's true. I can't be. <laughs> How's your friend? Oh, wait, wait, say hello. That's true. I don't want to. He was in my class <laughs> at school. <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> we do that handshake. You know the one. The, the, the one. You know, it ends in That's a hug. true. I shouldn't play the uh, identity politics. All right. Well done, gentlemen. You guys always laugh at the at the end of the 